we continue our midweek study on prayer and creating a prayer room. And we, we, I hope from last week you have a place in your home set apart uh, as your place of prayer where you have a Bible, where you may have prayer prompts, uh, whatever, however elaborate you want it, but a place that you can go where it will be your place of prayer in your room. But that place of prayer does no good unless we use it. And, and so I want us to understand that that creating that, adding that time of prayer to our lives takes discipline and commitment, but we don't want it to be legalism. You know, if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. You know, love is much more compelling than duty. Uh, you know, it may, we may have to begin with disciplining ourselves and setting that time apart, but it, but it should always end in delight. You know, and, and so basically that discipline that it takes is really a slow walk, uh, a slow, continuous walk. And, and you have to give yourself permission uh, to be less than perfect. <laughs> you know, I know that's hard for a lot of us. We, we, when we set our minds to do something, we, we want to do it. But, but listen, we're going to mess up. And, and so, you know, give yourself that permission to, you know, it's not that you're not having the commitment, but, but, but give yourself that permission to, to, to not be perfect. You know, you may be going along and it's, 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 thir you know, we, we start, you know, get up on Thursday morning. We say, yes, I'm going to start this. And, and we get up Thursday morning and Friday morning and, and we're doing good. And then Saturday comes and we don't want to, we don't get up and, or, or, or we miss it and, and we can beat ourselves up on that. And, uh, but we don't need to beat ourselves up, but we do need to have, to have a, a, a strategy, a plan to, to to uh, refocus very quickly, you know, because what happens is, is when we mess up, we just give up sometimes. But then, you know, we say, oh, man, I missed my time. And, and you say, OK, here's my plan. When I miss my time, I'm going to take this time today. Uh, and, and so that I, I don't at least miss my day. And, and and but, you know, at least I don't miss that day, but I'm going to change my time today. But I'm going to get back uh, to that time uh, tomorrow. And so we we want to have that plan to refocus quickly, and so that that our prayer does end up becoming a delight, and 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 I believe it does that when we when when we understand uh, prayer, and I think that's a problem for a lot of us, and this is why we 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 do mess up is is that is that. Um, we we don't really understand the nature of prayer. I think some of us think in our minds that prayer is an activity that we have to do, but but prayer is not just an activity that we have to do. Prayer is is meeting with a person, and in this case, it is the God of the universe that that we have that we can meet with. And so you know, and we begin thinking that and saying, okay, this is not just about something I do. But this is my time with the God who created me, who loves me, and who gave himself, gave his son for me so that I can have eternal life and be brought back into a relationship with him. And so we, we want to begin thinking in that direction so that, that our, our, our prayer becomes a delight. 
because we know that we're meeting with God. And, and there are some hindrances to it. You know, one of the big hindrances we have to, to meaningful prayer is our own worldliness. And, and, and sometimes we get in our minds that worldliness is just those those big things, those big sins that the world is really involved in. And, you know, worldliness is the changing the definition of marriage. And worldliness is, these days is, is, is saying that there's more than two genders, that gender is not tied to my biology, but it's how I feel uh, today. And, and so we have to, and we say, okay, well, that's how the world thinks, and that's worldliness. But, but, but that is not just worldliness. Worldliness is, is, is being attached to the world and the way the world thinks. Uh, you know, and, and think about it. Let me ask you a question. What pressures you to make the choices you make about how to spend your money or your time and your energies? Uh, you know, and, and, and the question is, are we even self-aware enough to know what pressures us? Uh, because, you know, every, we have to realize that ever since we were born into this world, it began working to press us into its mold. That's why Paul says in Romans uh, uh, 12, 2, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't, don't let the world pressure you and press you into its mold, but be transformed by the word of God. And so this world has a way of pressing, is molding us. And it's it's so subtle and and so uh, uh, you know it's sort of unconscious behavior because this is how the world uh, teaches us to think. Let let me just give you a, a quick example here. You know the world is trying to press us into its mold through consumerism. You know consumerism is a way the world thinks, and it's the way we're taught, we're brought up to think by this world it's aver you know advertising tries to convince us that the only way we can be content is by buying what they're selling and uh you know and, and so we can be brought into that mold and that mindset can take us over think about it for a moment what what is the number one reason why you know uh, Christians even Christians today what's the number one reason for choosing a church? Well, let me tell you, the number one reason for choosing a church is does this church offer what I need? Does it have the programs for my children? Does it have this and that? Does it offer what I want? Now think about that for a moment. That that's that's consumerism. That that is treating the church as if you are the consumer. Shouldn't the number one reason why people join a church is is not about what I want, but is this where God wants me to be, and where He wants me to give and serve, not just what I receive. And think about that in terms of prayer. How much does consumerism affect our prayer life? It's about, it's about getting what I want or getting what I need. And so that just tears apart prayer because, you know, because all it is is about me. And really, prayer is not just about me. It's about God. And what else does the world teach us? The world teach us, teaches us pragmatism. 
pragmatism simply means what works is what is right. And so, it, it, you know, and so if, you know, it, prayer is all about, well, it works for me. And, and you know, and it leads us to a cause and effect, um, a cause and effect relationship in prayer, uh, which leads us to, you know, God just basically being a vending machine <laughs> where prayer is the quarter we put in, or the no longer a quarter anymore, where you put your dollar or a dollar and a half into a vending machine to get what you want out of it. So, you know, prayer just becomes what works to, to get me what I want, which ultimately leads to narcissism, uh, which is, you know, <laughs> it's all about me, uh, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and where that, where, you know, acquisition becomes the goal of prayer. And, and so, you know, we, uh, we just, uh, you know, these things just kill prayer. And, and and kill us in in making prayer a vital part of our life where it is a sense of delight. So what really is prayer? And, and because this is where I want us to get to. How do how do I get to where, man, this is just so much a part of the rhythm of my life that that I can't live without it. You know, think about it in terms of your relationship. If you're married, your relationship with your with your spouse, you know, you, you know, I, I've been married to Leanne longer now than I've been alive. Well, excuse me, I, I I've been married to her. <laughs> That's stupid. I shouldn't have said it that way. I have been married to her uh, in my life. I've been married to her longer than I wasn't married. Let's put it that way. There have been more years together with her than there were years behind that I. And, and listen, I don't want to go back. I just can't imagine living life without her. And that's where we want to get to with God. And so to, to get there with God in prayer, we really need to understand what prayer is all about. And so I want you to take your Bibles and I want you to turn them to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And we're just going to look at one verse today. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. First of all, Paul says, then I urge supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Wow. One verse there, and Paul uses four different words for basically praying. Four different words for praying, and he uses them all in one verse to describe what we are to be doing, that, that this is his urge for us. This is what we ought to be doing, making supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. So what does that mean? Well, supplications are basically petitions. They are asking for things. It, it is the privilege of prayer. And so supplications is petitions, okay? And then there is prayers, which is always used. It's a worship word. It is always used for approaching God. It's about our devotion to him. And then intercessions. Intercessions comes from the word meeting with the king. And so it's praying for others. It is standing in the gap between the king and the people, between God and uh, and the people, 
and, and, and other people. And then there's Thanksgivings, uh, which is, uh, you know, it, which is what it is, is giving thanks. And so here's our problem. Here's our problem. This is why I believe most of us have a problem with sustaining and keeping a strong prayer life. Uh, that is keeping us from, from making prayer such a, a delight and it feels like such a duty. And, and that is, is that we see prayer as only the first word. Supplications, petitions. It's all about asking God for things. And, and, and I think that's where we mess up because that is just only one part of prayer. And I'm going to suggest today, and, and, and I get this from Doug Small. I'm just going to tell you that, that this is my understanding from prayer comes from Doug Small and, 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 and taking these words and helping us to see um, what, what, what prayer is. And so I want to begin right now actually with the second word in Paul's verse in, 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 in 1 Timothy 2 verse 1, and that is, is prayers, okay? Prayers is that, it is the, prayer is the communion with God. It is the relational element with God. It is the heart of prayer. It is the central core of prayer. It is delighting in and knowing uh, and loving God, uh, and, and it is that whole relationship piece, and that is that is really where our prayers must begin. Uh, Jesus, you know, Jesus says what he says: "If you abide in me, then you can ask." And I think that's where we get it wrong. We ask first and and not abide. And so it is. It is. It is the core of it. Is of prayer is is seeking His face. It is. It is knowing God. And listen, you can't know Him apart from His Word. Uh, you know. And so it is. It is. It is reading His Word. And 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 when we read our His Word, we're not seeking after information. We're seeking after God, and we're learning about who He is, His character, and, and all about Him. And as we begin to know Him in prayer, we're just saying, God, I want to know You as this. I want to seek You because. You know, just take Psalm 23, for example, the Lord is my shepherd. Uh, you know, just beginning with that and saying, okay, God, I want to know you as my shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. So uh, what does that mean? What does that mean to know him and to seek him in prayer as my shepherd? Well, you know, and, and just just seeking to commune with him and to relate with him as a sheep to his shepherd. It's that communion with God. It's seeking God's face. And out of it, out of that, we, out of that seeking his face, then comes the petition. And, 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 and the petition is the privilege of prayer. It, it, it is, it's not merely asking for things, but it is, it is, um, it, it is really about transformation, okay? Our asking of God for us is not about just asking for things. It is about, it is about transformation. Let me, let me uh, go to a verse of scripture. James 4, 3 says this. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own 
passions. You see, that's our asking most of the time. It's about our, what we want, what we desire. But you see, asking is not about our desires. Asking is about transformation. And let's let let me look at it this way. Let's we we, we think of the word petition, but Paul years uses uh, the word translated here is supplication, and I think that is a a better word because the root word of supplication comes from the word supple and supple uh, literally means to to be flexible to be bendable it's bending it is flex it's being flexible you see it is presenting our request to god and seeking his will not our own you know our petitions bend us to his will for our lives and leads us to transforming as we live that out. So our petitions are not about what do I want? The petitions are ultimately about what does God want? And then out of what God wants, it transforms what I ask for so that it is transforming me. So prayer, first of all, is about communion with God, but prayer is all secondly about transformation by God, that we're transformed by him in this relationship with him. As I ask for these things, I am bending myself to his will. You know, it is, it is, it is saying to God, just like Jesus did in the garden, what? God, if there's any way, this is what I want, God. If there's any way that this cup can be, uh, can be taken from me. God, if there's any way this could happen but not my will, but your will be done. To say, okay, I, 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 will be, I will bend myself to whatever God wants in my life. And so prayer is about relationship, about communion with God that leads to our transformation, but then also leads to our mission, to our mission. The mission of our prayers is intercession. That is why Paul says we want to give supplications and prayers and intercessions. The goal of our intercession is our mission, and our mission is what? We are ambassadors for Christ, uh, telling everybody what? Uh, that God through us is what reconciling the world to himself that we are tell we have a ministry of reconciliation we are bringing what the king to his people and the people to their king um you know and, and of course the most noble aspect of that praying uh, of that intercession is is asking for belief for unbelievers to come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior. That, that, that we ought to be praying for people to come to know Christ. That in our list of prayers, that, that we need to be lifting up those people that we know who don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that they would be introduced to the King. And, 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 and so we're, we're asking for those intercessions for, for unbelievers, but we're also asking it for believers. And ultimately, what we're asking is, is that God would transform them and help them to become more like Christ. And all of this, all of this is wrapped up in thanksgiving. 
This is why we have to give thanksgiving because what? Thanksgiving uh, is, it shows our dependence our, uh, the dependence of our prayers. So, so we have we have the uh, the communion, the communion. We have transformation. We have mission, and we have dependence. That is prayer. We give thanks because we know that we are dependent upon God, and so in all things we're dependent upon Him. And, and and we see this we see this also and and as I was thinking through these principles I saw I started thinking wow you know this applies to the Lord's prayer think about it for a moment how does the Lord's prayer begin it begins in that relationship in that communion coming to God by as not as God of the universe but what our Father our Holy Father because our Father in heaven. Hallowed be his name. We want to, we, we are in a relationship with a holy and righteous God. And that's where our prayer begins. It begins in that relationship, seeking the king, seeking the one who is our father in heaven. But then it moves to petition. What? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is the petition that we're praying for. We're not praying for our desires. We're praying for his kingdom. That's the petition, to pray that his will be done. Yes, God, this is what I'd like to see happen. But God, ultimately what I want is your kingdom to be brought here on earth and your will to be done here on earth as it's done in heaven. And then it moves to the, it moves to the intercession. What? Notice it's here. Give us. It doesn't say give me. It gives us. That is, we are praying not just for me. We're praying for other people that what he would provide that we would know that our king provides for our daily needs. And so we're praying that for lost people. Why? Because as we meet their physical needs, we gives us opportunities to minister to their spiritual need. Their greatest need of all is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the avenue by which we can take in order to share with them the gospel is meeting some other physical or emotional need that they have. And so when we're praying, give us this day our daily bread, we are, we're praying for all their needs, whether it's physical or emotional, so that we can get them to their spiritual need. And so that's that intercession that we're praying for. And then what? That that he would what that he would forgive us of our debts as he as we forgive our debtors. Listen, that's what we're praying for for lost people that 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 they would come to know Christ as their Lord and Savior because that is the only way that their sins can be forgiven and the evidence that they have that salvation is that they are willing to forgive others. And then what? And then once we're praying for them that, then we're praying what? That 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 we that lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That is, I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in Christ that their lives will be transformed. How? That they don't give in to the temptation of 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 their own desires, but they will seek God's will and what God wants for them. 
so that they will be delivered from the evil one. Do you see how that works? And then it's all wrapped up in thanksgiving. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. That is, it's not about, I'm dependent upon you because it's your kingdom. It's your power. It's your glory. And so the only way any of this is going to happen is I got to thank you, God, because you're going to do these things because I am dependent upon you. It's not about me. And I believe if we can begin if we can take that time, you know, we, we've created our prayer closet. And if we can take that time in that prayer closet to, to say, okay, God, first of all, Lord, I want it to be about a relationship with you. And, and I want to know you and I want to seek your face. And so I've got my Bible open here. And, and God, as I read my, the word today, show me you. Jesus said, search the scriptures for there you will find me. And so as I'm reading the scriptures, I'm becoming to know who God is and I'm communing with him. And I have that relationship with him because it's growing as I get to know him better. And then out of that, God, I know these are my requests, but God, I have in my way mind how it ought to go, but God, it's not my will. It's your will be done. And then God, I want to intercede and I want to pray for, for this person because they're lost and they need to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And God, I want to pray for my pastor that, that, that God, that you would deliver him from the evil one, that you would lead him not into temptation, but you would deliver him. And, and would you do that for my wife and my, or my husband? Would you do that for my children? And, and so that I'm praying for their transformation. And I'm praying for the transformation of lost people who will be who will be transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of glorious light. And God, I cannot leave this time with you without thanking you because Lord, I see how you're answering these prayers in my life. I see how you're transforming me. And God, I know that uh, I cannot do anything without you. So I, I want to recognize that it's at you at work and not me. And I believe if we can begin to pray this way and really begin to understand prayer this way, it will transform our prayer lives and it will no longer be a duty, but it will be a delight meeting with our Savior. So Father, thank you. Oh God, thank you that you have given us the privilege of prayer because God, it's, it is our way of approaching you, not just as the King of the universe, but our Father. Oh, Lord, I just thank you today that you are my father. Lord, I love my dad so much, and I look up to him. And God, he's just a, as, as good as he is in my eyes, Lord, he's just a pale representation of how great a father you are. And I want to glory in you. And today, Lord, my prayer is for all of us. And for me, Lord, for me right now, God, that you would make me a man of prayer. And God, that, that, that uh, Lord, I, I know there are ways that I think I ought to go about doing it, but Lord, I want to submit to your will and say, God, today, I want you to lead me in your will for my prayer life. And Father, I pray this for my brothers and sisters today. Lord, there's going to be so much temptation to keep us from praying, but God, 
I pray that you would lead us not into those temptations, but that you would deliver us from the evil one so that we can know that our prayers are going to be powerful and it's going to transform our lives. And God, I pray for those who we know that are lost. That Lord, as we're praying together for these lost people, we're going to see people come to know Christ. And God, we just want to thank you. Want to thank you today that, that all this we know is of you. And Lord, we just pray and I just want to thank you and praise you right now for what you're going to do in our own personal lives and in the life of our church. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.